G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. I wonder if you or someone close to you has a child who has a disability. And really with the appreciation of just how serious and significant it is to be supporting someone who has a child who has disabilities and of course on different areas of a spectrum, some with extreme disabilities and some that have mild disabilities. But if you are a parent or a family that has a child with a disability, how do you cope? Well, we'll talk about that today. Jude and Daisy Morris back with us. Jude and Daisy had been missionaries with YWAM for 16 years. They're highly qualified counsellors, primarily in this area of couples counselling. And Daisy, specially qualified as a mental health social worker. To you, Jude, and to Daisy, welcome back to 2020. Jude. Thank you, Neil. Thank you for having us. And Daisy, this is one of the areas of your expertise, getting alongside parents who have a child who has a disability and they're facing all sorts of drama and all sorts of challenges because they find it very hard to find support for where they're at. That's right. So um, it's a very long and lonely road. And this is exactly what I tell most parents when they come to see me, if they're seeking some support, uh, to care for their child. I, I always mention this. So it's not a sprint, but it's a marathon. So we got to take this day by day and for which they need a lot of support. So we're talking about sleeplessness. We're talking about exhaustion. We're talking about social isolation. We're talking about fear of what is going to happen in the future. So when you look at it in the long, in the long, you know, from a long perspective, it is very scary for parents. But as parents of um, a, a young person who has autism, and we have, we won't say we have, so, we have, we have come through it in a fairly intact way. But it's only because number one, because of the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and number two, with the practical support we were able to, enha- uh, which really enhanced our lives. We'll talk about what it is to be a Christian and then to face up to the responsibility that comes to caring for a child with a disability. Jude, tell us your story because you and Daisy have a son and he was diagnosed with autism. How did you cope with all of that? Uh, It was uh, quite um, devastating when we discovered um, that uh, our son had autism. I um actually i came across some statistics that said uh, within 4 years of diagnosis of a child with uh, a disability 80% of marriages collapse uh the pressure is so intense uh uh and the family many times is just not able to cope with the stress um i guess uh, for us uh, we also went through uh, an extremely difficult time there were very challenging behaviors uh, in our son, we were not equipped. Uh, we had no experience. Uh, there were very dark, despairing days. 
Um, but I guess, as Daisy said, having a faith uh, that God would never leave us, you know, he was with us. Um, even when we could not pray or reach out, he was still there, as it says, the, the Spirit groans, you know, uh, and, and speaks for us. Um, but I think we, uh, Daisy and I, uh, sought counseling for ourselves. Uh, we were with YVAM, as you said. The community helped, rallied around us, provided, prayed for us, helped us. Uh, and uh, I guess uh, it, it took us to some deep places even in our marriage, places we probably would not have explored or gone to because that was the depth of pain and despair. Um, but uh, by uh, holding on to each other, uh, the support of community and God's help, uh, we have managed to, uh, as Daisy said, keep our marriage intact, but also transform our relationship into a much authentic, deep relationship and be there for our son. And as you indicate, uh, difficult times in raising a child with a disability as a married couple. But if things get to a point where there's breaking point and the marriage then falls to pieces, then for one parent raising a child with a disability, everything is compounded. So holding the marriage together, I guess, is one of those coping mechanisms whereby you can do the best for your child, Daisy. Absolutely. I often mention to parents the best legacy we can give our child is an intact marriage, an intact family system where they can feel secure. And it's not riches, it's not, you know, money. Children are looking for their parents. It's, an, it's the attachment that children look for. So when, our, when we as parents are in a good place emotionally, we are in a much better place to look after them. That actually provides a security for a young person or a child with disability to be who they are and they can they can function in a much enhanced fashion. And it's not just that you are a Christian, that you have a spirituality, but usually when you're a believer, you become part of a local church family. And the support that's necessary for raising a child with a disability comes almost naturally, doesn't it, to church people who do have an understanding and will gather around in those times of deep need. You're so right on that, Neil, because we have been recipients of support from the church where at one point we were doing the ABA program for our son and we needed a lot of volunteers. And believe it or not, we had eight women who stepped up to the plate and said, we will devote at least one hour of our week and help you with the ABA program. And they, they did that for two and a half years with us, which really reduced the cost for, the, for, the, uh, for this particular program. But the support they offered was so tangible. So that, that was the time when we could just say, all right, if we need to take a shower, let's go and take a shower. If we need to do some you know, shopping, let's do some shopping. So we had people offer practical support in terms of babysitting for us, in terms of, uh, I mean, when we needed to go for a couple of days, there were people who said, leave your child with us and we will look after him. And these were beautiful, godly people who were, who were able to empathize with us. They did not try to fix us just by words, but with actions, were able to come around us and rally around us, which made us 
made it easy for us to hold on to, to walk through the grief process. And along with that too, where there are siblings, uh, brothers and sisters of a child who has a disability, uh, where the church has a role to play, whether it's a Sunday school environment or a youth group environment, takes the pressure off parents in the way that they're raising their children and their teenagers. Uh, when it comes to siblings, they have their own issues that they're going through, don't they, yes. when there is a child who has a disability within a family? That's true, because what normally happens is the child who cries the most gets most the most of, you know, most attention. So the ch- the child who is physically okay or you know mentally okay seems to be left behind and so we seem we we te- I tend to see a lot of kids with sibling rivalry on account of this this particular issue and so it's about saying okay it is not only the child with the disability that needs a focus but also the children who appear to function they need the support as well so it's working through those issues of sibling rivalry. It's about giving them the support so that they feel they are wanted and accepted so that they in turn would be able to look after their siblings as well. So when a couple comes to you, Daisy, and they're looking for help, sometimes they're at their wits end. They don't know where else to go. We better go and do some couples therapy. We better go and see Daisy. What sort of things, when they're pouring out their heart and the challenges that they've faced, when they realise that you and your husband, Jude, have gone through what they're going through now, there's a real comfort in that. This idea of empathising with people, putting yourself in their shoes, there's something strengthening about that, isn't there? Absolutely. As you mentioned, it is the empathy part. It's also allowing the grief to surface. Because there are a lot of people around us sometimes who would not who are not comfortable to, about talking about grief. So it is really crucial for parents to come to a place where they can just come and talk about their grief uncensored, where they can cry, where they're not fixed. And so it is addressing the grief. It is also giving them strategies as to how they can work through the grief, but also look after their children. And a lot of emphasis will be, will be placed on getting the support they need in terms of respite. And also, we, I talk about self-care because I always use the analogy of flying on a plane. We are asked as parents to first apply the mask onto us first before we apply, you know, we help the child with the mask. Not every local church has the capacity to be able to help parents who have a child with a disability. But I know in my own local church experience, there are a number of families where there are children with disabilities and they get together uh, regularly and they talk with one another. They laugh. They cry together. They're they're just a wonderful group of people. There's strength in numbers, isn't there? And when you have this spiritual dimension that adds to the fact that there are families that are relating with one another, that they work through the issues of why me, God? Why have I been given this child with a disability? How do you work through that sort of thing as a Christian? The why me question definitely surfaces in the early days because it it, it just hits you and you think, why me, Lord? And the anger that comes out is incredible. And to allow space for that anger, because God can definitely take our anger. There are times when I have just sat on the Lord's lap and I have just pummeled his chest and said, why, Father, why us? 
and all I have experienced is his beautiful embrace of rocking me to say, I know you're going through this rough time, but I've got you and your boy. So if the church can offer that to say, to allow somebody to express that anger, to express that grief, and to feel safe in that environment, that th- those families can go very far. And Daisy, you said with your own story at the beginning, it was really tough. You were in the deep end, and some people say sink or swim, and you felt like you were sinking, felt like you were drowning. It gets easier the more support you get, uh, the way that you understand uh, what the context is of what you're faced with, perhaps in a lifelong journey. How does that get a little bit easier as you grow in maturity and understanding? It gets easier when we are actually able to to relinquish our control because normally what happens, especially as mothers, we take it upon ourselves and we feel that we need to do everything. So that's where respite comes into play. And so it gets easier when we are able to trust somebody and trust the Lord in the process and say, okay, let me send my child to res- for some respite so that I can look after myself. And when I have looked after myself, I'll be able to look after my child better. So as years go by, we have different challenges, but there is also an inner strength that kind of grows within. And it does get, get easier when we have the Lord in the mix because, I mean, this was as recently as two weeks ago when I had to learn to release my son because it was very hard for for me to release my son into somebody else's care. We have been doing that for the past two years. But the whole releasing, actually, it's a process. And for that, we need the support. Well, I want to point people to a website where you could make contact with Daisy Morris, Daisy and her husband, both highly accredited counsellors and Daisy, an accredited mental health social worker. They have their own story of raising their child with a disability and you might want to make contact with Daisy Morris. I'll give you the website. Simply go to christian-counselling.com.au. That's christian-counselling.com.au. Jude and Daisy, thanks so much for being with us again today. And uh, Jude, thanks for so much for sharing your own story. And Daisy, for your insights into how parents cope with having a child with a disability. Thanks for being with us today on 2020. Thank Thank you, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.